I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Hello, welcome to episode nine. This week, I'm going to run things just a little bit differently rather than picking any particular topic to chat with you about. I am going to answer some questions that were submitted via Instagram. And while the majority of them, they are about Instagram, there are some others about just running a business in general. So I'm going to start with those and then we will move on to all of your Insta questions. The first question that I have is, any suggestions for wanting to do or live your dream job when money is none or is tight? This is something that plagues a lot of us because we see people around us start businesses with incredible amounts of money, whether they have you know, some form of wealth already in their pocket from possibly a family trust, possibly from family support, Uh, Maybe they were successful in a previous career and that allows them to have more financial freedom moving on to something different. For a lot of us though, it is a matter of starting from the ground up. I was not born from a position of financial privilege, though definitely have my white privilege, but I have learned over time over starting multiple businesses that the best thing that you can do is try to tap into those points of business that are going to cost you the least upfront to run. Honestly, for running a business online, it's very simple. You don't need a ton of bells and whistles. There are plenty of apps and programs out there, of course, that you can pay for and they will give you you know, the convenience of running a lot of things for you. But if you're really on a tight budget, you can use a lot of free portions of programs or free programs altogether. Usually it takes more work on your part to kind of piece them all together because you'll probably be using multiple programs across different platforms. But again, it is possible to do it cheaply. Even if you can't afford something like a website, but you wanna have your own space, you can absolutely set up a landing page, like a free landing page through um, an email subscription service like MailChimp. Um, When I signed up for MailChimp several years ago, there were a lot more features that were available to free members. And now it seems like they are very, very, very limited, but they do still exist. So you can set up a landing page to get signups so that you can email people from MailChimp directly or from even your email service that you use, whether that's Gmail, Hotmail, etc. But that is a way to run it a little bit less expensively to get people kind of in your space and on a list without necessarily having to have a website. And a program like MailChimp, which does allow for landing pages, does have a lot of really nice graphics, especially with things like Canva out there. You can actually integrate Canva, which is a service for creating graphics that you can use on social media and otherwise, but you can integrate your Canva graphics with your MailChimp for free, I believe, at least 
on my account and I use a free account, I'm showing it as being free and kind of use that all together so it can look really nice. It may not, again, have bells and whistles or a bunch of shopping features or things like that, but at least you have something basic to start with. You really only need people together in your space and then you can leverage the rest of it through social media which of course you know we don't want to put all our eggs in the social media basket because we don't control any portion of social media other than the content that we create for it but it does still give you a place to talk about what you have to offer whether that's a product or a service and engage with people on a more frequent basis so that's what i would say just find the way to do what you can do the cheapest way possible with the least amount of upfront costs possible. And you can always invest later as that income starts to come in. But it is completely, completely possible to start a business on very limited funds. Another question is, what's your suggestion for people who have a business idea but are afraid of sharing due to others taking the idea or not having faith in themselves. Well, having faith in yourself is a personal journey. I can't give a whole lot of advice to that because that is something that you have to work through yourself. But I do highly recommend finding yourself some support, whether that's support through someone like me who you can actually pay to you know, help you with all different aspects of your business that has a little bit more experience, or whether it's just a good friend. A lot of times our friends are in different positions. They can see things that we can't see and it's really nice to at least have them as a sounding board, whether they are or not in your market segment. Um, It's nice to have people who are in your market segment as well. But you can also create your own group of support through the power of social media. I mean, we have met so many people online, haven't we, that we love and we enjoy interacting with and seeing what they create and even collaborating with. So why not start some sort of a group message that you guys can start to support each other and ask questions and give advice. I've been part of such groups. It's been really nice. I've been part of groups that are just creatives in general and then also groups that are more geared towards fiber arts. And it is really nice to be able to have that support both in and outside of the field. As far as worrying about others taking the idea, I think that's something that we are just going to have to take the risk. If you feel like you're surrounded by people who are typically taking ideas from you, then you might need to find new people to be surrounded with. But overall, if you really think about the way that you run your business, it's the way that you run it, right? No matter what anybody else does, they can copy everything that you do to a T. But if they aren't you, they are not going to run your business the same. And as a result, they may not even attract the same people, even if everything is word for word exactly the same. Because you have to start putting in your own influence, your personality in a way that's really hard to replicate. And that comes naturally to a lot of us, just being the person that we are, because that's what we do on a daily basis. But I don't think that we can let the fear of others copying us hold us back. 
If you do have someone that you feel is copying you on a regular basis and you do have some form of communication with them, it may not hurt to come out and say, hey, I feel like what we're doing is very similar. I do see a lot of sequential similarities. When I post something, you post something almost identical. You may need to come out and say that to that person because a lot of times imitation is just a form of flattery. They're not really looking to steal ideas. You know, some people do, but for the most part, I'd like to believe that humans are just really building off of inspiration from each other. So you may have to kind of be a little bit more direct about copying or just be okay with ignoring it. That's going to be my advice for that. Okay, so let's actually move into more social media questions. One that I received that isn't necessarily Instagram specific, but it is, is it better to revive dead or inactive social media accounts or delete them and start them over? I think this depends. So I've had this conversation with a couple of clients recently who have had maybe unsuccessful business accounts and they just wanna do a refresh and a restart and completely do everything over. That is totally up to you if that's something that you personally need. However, if you have any sort of audience built into that inactive social media account, then that may be the place to start. Even if they're not all your people or even if they're remnants from a different type of business or remnants of a past life, maybe their friends and family rather than business contacts, it still is helpful to have them there. When I did a big pivot from my business from dying to business coaching, I lost a massive amount of followers, well over 600 people, and I kept losing them over a longer period of time. Only the last three months have I actually seen those numbers start to trend upwards rather than going back downwards. And that's because I started to really focus on who was there, focus on my messaging, focus on my niching, and try to pull in the people externally from other places. I would say if you have an audience that's already built on those inactive social media accounts, utilize those accounts and just work on pivoting knowing that it may take a little bit of time and a little bit of effort to clean out those old followers that are no longer interested in what you're doing and to bring in new ones. All right, let's go into Instagram here. So what is your opinion about hashtags? Do they work anymore? Yes, 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 and yes. So I have learned a lot about hashtags lately, and so this may be something that I create an entire episode on because it is a bit of a rabbit hole, to be honest. There's so many different aspects of hashtags, but the thing is, is that hashtags aren't necessarily a miracle, right? Just because you use the right hashtags, that doesn't necessarily mean that those hashtags are gonna get the same response every time or that they're going to actually get people to follow you. And the reason is, is because hashtags only serve the purpose of making your content visible. So that means it's expanding your reach to other eyeballs. But if your people are not interested in that content, they're not struck by what you've posted, whether that's in your photo or your caption, they're not going to click the photo to then engage with it, or they're not gonna click the photo to learn more about you and then follow you. So you have to kind of put two things 
into play here. Not only do you have to find the hashtags that your audience is using, but you have to make content that your audience or ideal audience wants to see and engage with. So really focus on that. Quality content for the people you want to attract first and foremost. And then when you move on to hashtags, try to use hashtags that are in both your market sector. So kind of based around your craft as well as what that particular post is about. I usually recommend not choosing any hashtags that are above and beyond 250,000. And that is just because that usually means that over if over 250,000 people are using that hashtag, then your posts are likely to get pushed to the bottom of the feed a lot quicker and are going to be less likely to be seen. That's just something to bear in mind. You can use them. I If you want to use them, I wouldn't use more than one or two in your group of hashtags, but try to keep your hashtags 250,000 or under. And then also I don't recommend using hashtags that are less than a thousand uses because that's the opposite problem. It means that nobody's using that hashtag or very few people are using that hashtag. And so therefore very few people will see it unless you've created, of course, your own hashtag for your brand that you want people to use, then it's perfectly okay to start from scratch in that situation. I also would say with hashtags, I do recommend using the full 30. There is a myth out there that if you use all 30, Instagram will penalize you. This is not true. And if you are not using all 30, then you are leaving opportunities on the table when those could be utilized instead. Another question is how to find your clients on Instagram. I would really start looking at your competitors, for instance. That's probably the first place. So where are some other people that are doing what you're doing in your industry? And what kind of followers do they have? Like what kind of people are engaging on their content regularly? This may take some research, of course, but start to really glean what kinds of information that those people are soaking up and what kind of comments they're leaving uh, overall, what it seems like they're interested in hearing about, because that might help you figure out what spaces your people are in. And I would say this goes the same for not just Instagram accounts, but anywhere. What kinds of blogs do you think they're reading? Uh, or maybe are also in your market sector? What kind of podcasts are they listening to or watching? And where are some others in your sector? You can also start polling your current audience and seeing where they hang out. So polling is a great opportunity to engage with your audience through Instagram stories. And you can pull them or do a question asking them what podcasts they listen to, what magazines they read, what books they read, what blogs they read, what accounts they follow. And that may start to give you an idea of where to find your people. Hashtags are another good place for this as well. Uh, but that again, because it's such a broad subject, it may be harder to find like your exact people within larger hashtags. So trying to find at least the general spaces in which your other people are in is the best place to do that. And then find yourself in those spaces. Okay, so another question, stories are my jam, feed posts are not. Any tips to use it for my benefit for growth? 
As far as growth goes, it's a little bit trickier with stories because you can use hashtags on your stories. You can use up to 10, um, but they typically aren't seen probably as often as grid posts with hashtags. However, I do think stories are really important for building engagement. So that is like the number one place that I see, especially on my account, where I get the most interaction because you can get DMs, which allow you to foster more of that one-on-one relationship with somebody, polls and in the stories and questions and quizzes are great ways to get people to give their opinion or give you feedback or just get, you know, you can do things that are a little bit more fun. Like, are you a dog person? Are you a cat person? Something like that. Um, And then you can really start to foster relationship that way. If you want to use it as growth, a couple ways that I could think of is by sharing other people's content and then tagging them in your story is a great way to start getting that kind of growth momentum going with the hopes that that person will see your content and see your caption on it or your comment on it, which hopefully would be something more thoughtful than just saying, hey, I love this or check this out or just simply tagging them. Actually say something that's kind of engaging so that they can then find a way to engage back with you or reshare your content to their audience. That's a really good way to do it. And you can reshare IGTV videos. You can reshare reels. You can reshare um, just grid posts as well. Um, You can reshare other stories as long as you're tagged in it. So that's a good opportunity for growth. The other way would be to invite somebody with a different audience or a similar audience, but maybe different people in that audience to do an Instagram stories takeover, which means that they would be allowed access to your Instagram for a day and they would actually create stories for your audience. So if they're, they've got a topic that they cover that maybe you don't have as much knowledge on, but your audience would love to learn about it, then have them create some story slides for it. And then you can each promote each other's account. So you, they would promote to their audience that they're going to be in your space and you would let your audience know that um, this person is coming on. And once they see the stories, they might find value enough in them to then go follow that person. That's a great way to grow with Instagram as well as doing a shared live. So you can do an Instagram live. You used to just be able to have one person on. Now you can have three people come join you and you can all have a conversation. I believe this is a way that Instagram is handling their competition of Zoom and also Clubhouse a little bit. But it is something that you can do to have multiple multiple people on and do some form of a panel that discusses an issue or you guys share ideas or you're cross-promoting. And that's a way to kind of get in other people's spaces while still using the role of stories. And the last question that I have for now is how often do you recommend posting things? Every day or multiple times a day? I honestly believe that this should be completely dependent on your schedule and what you can manage sustainably. I'm a firm believer 
that no content should ever just exist for the sake of content. There should be a larger purpose. So if you are just showing up to just have something on your grid or to have something in your stories, then you're not providing value. You're just showing up. And being present is different than showing up. Just showing up and saying, hey, I'm here, isn't really doing anything for anyone versus being present, providing value, offering people the opportunity to engage with you. So if you can't manage it, like multiple times a day, I don't blame you. I rarely do multiple times a day unless I have amazing ideas that I just can't wait to get out of my brain. But typically I'm doing every day with a couple of days in the week usually missed because it's either for me, I'm observing Shabbat or I'm too tired or I just didn't come up with anything that day. I think it's perfectly okay to give ourselves a break And it's perfectly okay for us to give ourselves some space from the frequency with which we post on Instagram. If you are somebody who is in a growth mode and you are trying to actively get lots of people in your space and to come to you, then that might be the time to start increasing the amount with which you are posting and the amount with which you are engaging with your audience just so that that presence is more active and they have more to engage with and see and have like a harder time. I don't want to say a harder time forgetting you because even if you only post twice a week and those posts get really good engagement and you engage on every one, you're still going to be shown those posts. So you don't have to worry that just a couple of times a week is not good enough. But I think that also feeling like you just have to do it all the time is a lot of pressure to put on ourselves as a business owner just because we have so many other hats that we wear and we have so much content that we are being asked to put out and that we are committing to. So you have to really find what works for you in a way that you are not going to burn yourself out. So for now, that is all the questions I'm going to answer. There are some others that I receive that I think I'm going to turn into longer episodes later on, but I appreciate you sticking with me today. If you want to come follow me on Instagram, I'm at WilliamsAnastasia underscore, and then you can find the show notes for all of my podcasts at www.williamsanastasia.com. The one thing I'm going to ask here is if you wouldn't mind just quick leaving a review for the podcast, I would so appreciate it because it really helps boost visibility. And right now, when I look at the visibility for my podcast, I specifically Google it. And if you want to Google making magic podcast, usually it's the first ones that come up are podcasts for Magic the Gathering, that cool card game, or there is like a making magic one for a wrestling podcast. And they're all old and none of them I don't think are even really in existence right now. But it would just be nice to be able to be slightly more visible so that I can help more business owners. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, it's helpful for me. It's also helpful to see your feedback and see what you actually think and what value you're getting out of it. So I will talk to you guys next week. 